0: And then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance. But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with them. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then, went, then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and he built an altar at the foot of the mountain. And he set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood, and he put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, and he read it to all the people. And they responded again, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel portion, which is the portion assigned for Monday Thursday, or Holy Thursday, is from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, a familiar passage of Jesus washing his feet. Please stand. The Good News, according to St. John. It was just before the, Fest- the Passover festival... under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, "'Lord, are you going to wash my feet?' Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, well, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. And then Simon Peter said, then, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath, need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, although not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he did not say everyone was clean. And now when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As we've been doing through Holy Week, been having a a meditation on the book of Exodus. And so I'm going to do a a link between what what we see in the, uh, the book of Exodus and what we just read in the Gospels. Exodus is called Exodus, uh, which we get from the Septuagint. Does everybody know what the Septuagint is? Right? It's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. And uh, it was done in Alexandria. And so for the Jewish people of Alexandria, getting out of Egypt seemed like a really good thing. So they decided to call the book Exodus. But in Hebrew, it's called Shmot, names. And it really is all about names. It's the the book where God actually gives you his name. He says, "Uh, I I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but I was known by somebody else. So on Tuesday, we discussed a little bit about the name of God, El Shaddai, and how he was identifying himself as Hashem now. And at the beginning of the book of Exodus, no one has names. You get the parents of Moses, there was a man. And he had a wife, and then they had a kid, and no one gets a name. And then this, this kid, unnamed, floats along a river to be picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, who also doesn't have a name. Pharaoh doesn't even have a name. What, what, is, it? what is a name? It's your identity. So you begin the story of, of Exodus without an identity. And then, as people are beginning to discover who they are in the Lord, they start getting their names. Moses gets a name that's Egyptian. It's not even a Jewish name. But he owns it. right? He said, this is who I am, and and I don't need to change. And God reveals himself to his people. And that really is the Exodus story, and the theology of the Exodus is that Moses returned to uh, uh, the children of Israel as they were in Egypt. They were under slavery. They'd been there 400 years. They were crying out to God whom they didn't know. They didn't have a prophet. They didn't have a priest. They didn't have a Bible. All they knew about God was a few campfire stories. It's in the God that they didn't know, please help. And this God that they didn't know turned around and said, I will. I'm going to uh, remember my covenant that I've made with your forefathers and I'm going to do something that you've never seen done before. I'm going to take you out from Egypt. I'm going to bring you to Mount Sinai and then I'm going to introduce myself. And so the people get to, to Mount Sinai not because they obeyed the Torah. They didn't have it. Moses didn't show up to the people of Israel and say, well, guys, um, here's a list of commandments. If you're really good, uh, I'll come back. I'll mark it out a red, in, in red pen. And then if you get above 90%, I'll save you. Okay, right? And, uh, and then, then you could say that the Torah saves people. But that's not happened. You were saved when you didn't know God and you weren't even obeying the Torah. And that's why Paul can easily challenge Peter in Galatians where he says, look, know that the Torah doesn't save you, because we were saved before we even had the Torah. But now we're at at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God introduces himself. What does he say? He says, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. I'm that guy. This is what I like, and this is what I don't like. And so Moses wrote all that down, and we call it the book of the Covenant. And, uh, and then the, the people of Israel, they respond. They've now realized who the Lord is. And they're learning who they are. Their identity is now in their God. And they say, everything he said, we will do. And so the covenant, it is two-way. God does absolutely everything and he saves you before you even Knew about him. It's in the New Testament. Same theology. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. It's not that I read the New Testament and went, Wow, Jesus is really cool. I think he's my Lord and Savior. And then Jesus goes, Great, I'm going to run to the cross and die for Aaron. He already did it. And I didn't even know who he was. Isn't that incredible? Same theology. But now that I know... What is going to be my response? And we have to have the same response to the covenant that the people of Israel had here in Exodus and that we see after Jesus has washed their feet. Everything he said, we will do. It's got nothing about earning your righteousness because you're already saved. You're already out of Egypt. It's now time to respond to what God has done. And that response is obedience. And Jesus does exactly the same thing. He washes people's feet. He didn't ask his disciples, now you better be all really good. And if you're really good, I might do something special for you. He did it all. He sat down and says, do you understand what I did? No, we haven't got a clue. You will. When I see you in a few days, you will. And then you'll be blessed if you do them. And so we discover that one of our responses to the cross, our Holy Week is an incredible week for us. We are journeying with the Messiah, as Canon Darrell mentioned at the beginning, working, going with Jesus through to the cross, and it's an up and down emotional journey. But unlike the disciples that ran away our obligation is to run towards the cross, knowing that on the other side is resurrection. But that is not where we leave the story. At the end of the day, we will need, from the foot of the cross, to say, yes, Lord, everything you've said, I will do. Blessed is he who hears my words and does them, obeys them. Yeah. So you see the same theology being reflected at Mount Sinai, as well as at the cross of Calvary. Jesus is giving us and sealing us the new covenant, not because of anything we did. We didn't even know who he was, but we have a response. We are invited into that response, with the power of the Holy Spirit with a community, with elements that help us Get ready to be able to go out there and share the love. That's what the dismissal is. When you have the dismissal in your service, it is not to say, that's it, guys, songs are over, close the piano, let's go. You are dismissed to go and serve the Lord. That is going to be our response. So let's journey to the cross with Jesus. Let's not abandon him because he didn't abandon us. And upon resurrection day, let's shout for joy and let's take that joy out into the world. That should be our duty and our obligation and our desired response. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is alive. Amen.